That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to the NBA draft. All right, we had a lot to get to. We're going to dive right into it. Um, <clears throat> and we are short on time. Uh, going to have about 15 minutes here uh, before my radio show starts and uh, have a lot of thoughts to get out of my head. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the uh, NBA draft. The Nuggets walk away with three picks. I was uh, doubtful that that was going to be the case. Um, just because you look at the six to seven guys that are definitively in the playing group with guys that you are going to try to integrate to that playing group that are already on the roster, mainly Zeke Naji, Peyton Watson, uh, Colin Gillespie, maybe Jack White. Um, so there's these guys that you're going to try <clears throat> that I st- still think we have our fingers crossed on a handful of them, in addition to a whole uh, a draft class with three picks, in addition to a playing group that's championship solidified outside of Bruce Brown uh, already coming back. So um, they do walk away with uh, the three players you know, more darts at the dartboard. And then you just see here over the next uh, two to three years who floats to the top, you know, which which cream is going to rise uh, the way that a, a Christian Brown uh, did this past year. So we'll see how it all shakes out. I would caution you um, just in general, and I'm not uh, uh, talking about any uh, one person or outlet or, you know, fill in the blank, just in general with draft reaction, don't get too uh, carried away with expectation. Okay, this is a championship roster with a coach that typically bristles at playing rookies. So this idea that uh, any of these guys, uh, even uh, Julian uh, Strother is going to come in and play 30 minutes and this guy, you're not going to be able to take him off the court. It's just, it's probably not going to work like that. Um, I'd also stay clear of definitive projection. Um, we don't know how this is going to go. We we just don't. We, we've never seen these guys in an, in an NBA environment. So I try to stay clear um, from, like I said, definitive projection. Um, I'm also not a guy that's just going to fawn over every Denver Nuggets pick. Um, I remember my first ever draft uh, covering the Nuggets. I think it was my first draft with uh, Tyler Lydon out of Syracuse and coming on the air the next day and saying, hey, um, if this guy's on the court for you, it's a big problem. It's a big problem having watched that guy uh, during his uh, whole career. Uh, Leiden, uh, that is. And, you know, and, and, and conversely, like we've come in and been a little bit more bullish on some of these draft picks uh, over the years and that that haven't worked out. So it can go um, one way or another or sometimes uh, some uh, a, a space between. So um, we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. What does summer league look like? Um, who's going to play in Grand Rapids? Again, all this stuff will shake out over uh, the next couple months. Um, okay, let's let's take a dive right into it. Uh, Julian Strother, 
Um, I am uh, hyper aware of Julian Strother. I'm hyper aware of Jalen Pickett as well, and we'll get into that uh, exactly why here uh, in just a couple minutes. Uh, minutes. But Julian Strother is someone that um, I watched a ton at Gonzaga just in general. Um, Gonzaga plays a lot of late night games, and I am a late night watcher um, in terms of you know my uh, just the way that I ingest basketball with a young family. Um, you know, I'm up late a lot watching watching hoops. Uh, so I watched him a lot just in general, but also I was credentialed for the NCAA tournament and saw him up close. Uh, and he, I couldn't have been more impressed. Could could not have been more impressed. I watched this guy make shots. I watched him rebound. He is smart. He's a smart basketball player. Um, you cannot play. Um at Gonzaga uh, without having the intellect, okay? And that's one of the things that I think is uh, encouraging is that you're, and this is just in general with this draft class, these are smart players. These are older, smart players. This is not someone who's 18, 19, even 20 years old, okay? Uh, Strother has played a lot of basketball, okay, for a high IQ program at the highest level, Okay, this is a this is a three year player. This is someone who came into Gonzaga and was playing like seven minutes a game and averaging three points. And ultimately, his final year, he's playing, you know, over 30 minutes a game, averaging 15 points a game, shooting 41 percent from three, nearly 50 percent from the field. Guys, his catch and shoot numbers are tremendous, like quite literally in the highest percentile of all of college basketball that is hyper important uh, for uh, his existence with the Denver Nuggets as he's going to be playing off of the basketball a lot and uh, being in a position to catch that thing and shoot it. So watching him uh, catch the ball and shoot it is highly encouraging. Um, If you listen to some of the, um, you know, uh, 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 analysis after the fact, uh, after the pick, talk about, you know, how he hits big shots. We saw that. We saw that up close and personal against uh, UCLA, where he hits a shot with seven, eight seconds left. It's the biggest shot in the NCAA tournament. Um, this is a kid who's tough, and the word on him is he's not just tough, but tough-minded. Okay? He's an offensive player. Excuse me. He's an offensive player. This draft was largely offensive from Calvin Booth. All right? Um I heard, uh, I think it was Jay Billis after the fact, talking about um, just how quickly he sets his feet and can get his shot off in a a ready-made fashion. Um, I think that's important, too, just at the next level, getting that that shot off. And he's 6'7". So, I mean, this is a guy who uh, has good size, is a good offensive player, is smart, is a big shot maker, and he's also a rebounder. I mean, we saw this uh, up close in the NCAA tournament. I remember I'm standing 20 feet from him, watching him collect double-digit rebounds uh, against Grand Canyon, watching him collect nine rebounds uh, against TCU. So, and then, and then, and then a 16 and 10 game in that game against uh, UCLA that we all remember uh, in the Sweet 16. So. Uh, really good attributes, um, both tangible and intangible. The tangible being the size, the shot making, the intangible being good intellect uh, from the neck up, good cutter, tough minded, uh, winning program, winning player. All right. So uh, love it, love it, love it. I think this draft will ultimately be remembered uh, for Julian Strother. 
That's not a hot take. He's the first-round pick. Um, but it's just setting up, I think, for him to have success. I just think it's a good fit uh, here in Denver. So, <clears throat> And he's played just, again, a ton of basketball. I mean, a ton uh, and a ton of winning basketball. Okay, you're talking about uh, his team going 83 and 11 in the three seasons that he was at, uh, in, in, you know, playing for for Mark Few in, in, in Spokane. So, and he started 68 of those. Okay, uh, okay. So, I mean, he was uh, he was fantastic watching him in person. I'm super bullish uh, on the pick. Um, moving on to Jalen Pickett, uh, I will not sugarcoat this at all. Um, I flat out unequivocally called this five times on the air this past week. If you listen to the show, Stokely and Zach, I went out of my way to have a dedicated segment on Jalen Pickett. I talked about how it's almost impossible to nail uh, a draft pick when you're picking that late in the draft. This is not the fourth or fifth pick. You're going to be picking in the late 20s and early 30s. And I went out of my way to say, I am calling my shot. The Denver Nuggets are going to draft Jalen Pickett. He is the perfect um uh, uh, on paper, at least, replacement for Bruce Brown. He can play backup point guard, I think, rather immediately in the NBA. He's a little bit undersized, depending on where you look, 6'2", 6'3", about 210 pounds. Uh, I have followed uh, Jalen Pickett's entire career. Um, again, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm from upstate New York. This um, There's two Division One schools in upstate New York, uh, there's the University at Albany. I was the voice of that program for six years. Uh, and then there's Siena. Jalen Pickett started his career at Siena. He walked into the MAC, okay? Um, not the Mid-American. This is the uh, MAAC, the Metro um, Atlantic uh, uh, Athletic Conference uh, with, like, it's like Iona and Siena and, like, Fairfield, schools like that, Um he walked in was the Mac Rookie of the Year back in 2000, 2019. His second season, uh, and by the way, he was first team all, all league as a rookie. Like, he came into that league and just started ripping it to shreds. By the time he's a second-year player at Siena, uh, he's, the, he's the Mac Player of the Year. Uh, this guy was a first team all Mac selection three years in a row. That's really, really hard to do. Uh, and I don't care what level you're talking about. That's like the mid-major level. Uh, but for him to have that type of success, then he transitions to... Uh, Penn State, where Calvin Booth played. Uh, he averaged 15.7 uh, points a game, so about 16 points a game in the Big Ten. All right, averaged six rebounds uh, in the Big Ten. That's significant. As an undersized guard to be collecting six rebounds a game, that's freaking noteworthy. But also, the near six assists a game. Um, this past season, he led the Big Ten with almost seven assists per game, 6.6. Guys, that's hard to do. Uh, while also being an offensive player that's capable of scoring 40 points, which he did against Illinois, which was the most points I believe ever scored in a Penn State home game, like ever. Uh, he had a freaking triple-double while he was at Penn State. He's only the second player ever to do that in the history of that program. You know who the first was? Calvin Booth, the GM who just drafted him. You can't make it up. Um, I was not pulling this out of thin air. I did have uh, incredible intel uh, on this pick. I did not share that at the time on the air. Um, and the reason being is you don't want to go on the air and say, hey, I have a source that said uh, Calvin Booth gave Jalen Pickett a guarantee that they were going to pick him if he was there in the second round because GMs say a lot during the draft process. And it doesn't make it, if it, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't make it untrue that they told the player that. A lot of times they will tell the player, if you're there, we're going to draft you. And then they're there. 
and then there's a there's a split room and they don't draft the kid. So the downside of me saying I know this is being said back in upstate New York, it was just way more um, heavier on the scale, uh, the downside of it than the upside of saying I know this is true. And and just the risk of that. Better off just saying, this is what I think is going to happen, which is what I said, and it ultimately does come to fruition. But yes, I did have this on amazing intel back in the Albany, New York area through sources that I'm not going to reveal that Calvin Booth told Jalen Pickett, if you are there in the second round, that we are going to take you. Um, this is a guy who plays with a rare back-to-the-basket style game. You've heard probably by now the comps to Andre Miller. Uh, there's Mark Jack and comps out there. He is very unorthodox, okay? He can play with a lower tempo, but he is efficient, okay? He's a rebounder. He um, is an efficient player. He's, again, a neck-up player. Um, He's tough. He is um, a, he's a facilitator. Um, he's a good finisher at the rim. If you look at those numbers, he's about 64% when finishing at the rim. He's rock solid from mid-range, and he's competent from behind the arc. So he, he is not one of these guys who is pops off the page like at the NBA Combine from an athleticism standpoint, but I'm telling you guys, mark my words. I have watched Jalen Pickett play a lot of basketball. I think he's going to be a really good fit here here in Denver because of uh, that that IQ, uh, because of that toughness, because of that poise, because of that efficiency. Um, he is not a one-trick pony. He does everything. It's kind of like when Christian Brown came out. It's like this guy doesn't have a one attribute in his game that's like A++, but everything's kind of an 8 out of 10. That's what I think of when I think of Jalen Pickett. I'm very bullish on the pick, and I wouldn't be surprised if by his second season, he's playing 15 to 17 minutes a night. Who will see how it looks out of the gate? We'll see. Uh, for Hunter Tyson, I'm the least bullish on. Look, the, typically that third player in a three-man class is going to play the least. But this is a guy who is a, you know, a, a, again, an, another older player, another offensive player out of Clemson, um, has become, you know, has played a ton of, of college basketball, okay? Never lit it up, lit it up. Um, but the fact that he became, he worked his way and willed his way uh, to be a, a, a first-team all-ACC guy by the time he was done uh, scoring 15 points a game. That's significant. That's significant. Um, so we've seen this guy score 30 at the Division One level. Um, again, how does it translate? I just know he shoots the uh, shoots the hell out of the basketball. And Calvin Booth clearly had an agenda in this year's class. Um, get smart, older, veteran, tenured shooters, offensive offensive oriented players. Um, so we'll see again. Um, you know, uh, I've I've seen the I've seen the um, a comp to uh, Danilo Gallinari. Okay, you know, we'll see. Um, I think this kid's going to have to really shoot it well to touch the floor. Uh, again, the least bullish out of uh, the three picks. Uh, I am on Hunter Tyson, but but again, we'll see. We'll see how it all ages. Uh, at six foot eight, w- with a you know an ACC pedigree that can shoot it uh, the way that he can. Um, okay, let's 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 see how it ages. Let's see how it ages. But uh love the pick of Julian Strother, love the pick of Jalen Pickett, and that's where I'm gonna focus my energy. Uh and I and I cannot wait uh to see 
how uh, the maturation process goes for both of those players. Uh, we're going to come back next week. Calvin Booth is expected to speak on both of these players uh, on Monday. So we're going to come back a little bit uh, early next week and continue to react to these draft picks, forecast what the playing group is, and react to the ever-changing landscape uh, of the NBA and all the movement uh, that is happening uh, as we approach free agency. So the fireworks of the offseason are about to begin. The NBA draft is uh, firmly in our, our rearview mirror at this point um, and really excited uh, what those first two picks for Denver can look like over the next two to four years. All right, guys, we're going to leave it there for now. Have a great weekend. I hope you're uh, bathing in the afterglow of the championship uh, and we'll be back early next week to further expand on these new draft picks and react to the ever-changing landscape of the NBA. It's right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.